This show was first broadcast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM, thanks to New Zealand On Air. I'm Pastor Dan Yazel, welcoming you to Grace Notes, an outreach of North Taranaki Methodist Parish. I invite you to sit back and relax, grab a cuppa, and listen. May God surprise us and bless us in this moment. Hello and welcome to Grace Notes. Thank you for tuning in. It is good to be gathered together around the Word. Today we hear a miracle that comes from Acts 16. The story of Paul and Silas being sprung from prison and the reverberations of the miracle that they experienced are being felt by us all still. And welcome to this episode of Grace Notes, and may God be blessed and praised as we come together this day.
Our first reading today comes from the book of Psalms. I'll be reading Psalm 97 from the New Revised Standard Version. Let's listen, you and I. The Lord is King. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. Fire goes before him and consumes his adversaries on every side. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all the peoples behold his glory. All worshippers of images are put to shame. Those who make their boast in worthless idols, all gods bow down before him. Zion hears and is glad. The towns of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O God. For you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. The Lord loves those who hate evil. He guards the lives of his faithful. He rescues them from the hand of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name.
our New Testament reading today comes from the book of Acts. I'll be reading from Acts 16, verses 16 through 34. Now, throughout the combined book of Luke and Acts, there is a recurring pattern in the experience of those telling the good news, those who would follow Jesus, those who would proclaim it afterwards. Whenever the good news, the gospel, is shared, and that sharing meets with resistance, always the good news overcomes it. And it seems the greater the resistance is, the more spectacular the release is. In today's reading, the Apostle Paul and companion Silas, they've begun preaching in Europe. And at first, things don't go so well. They are encountering a great deal of resistance. Let's listen for God's word as it comes to us. One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had the spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days. But Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city. They are Jews, and they are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or to observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, He drew his sword and was about to kill himself since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights and rushing in, he fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do? 
to be saved. They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in the house. At that same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds, and he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them. He and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. Here ends our reading. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me, please? Dear God, send the Holy Spirit now to shake us up, to open our eyes, Unplug our ears, help us to see further, to hear more, to believe into the good news of your miraculous love for us all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Miracles shake us up. They're supposed to. My computer dictionary defines miracle as Quote, an event that appears to be contrary to the laws of nature and is regarded as an act of God. And I think there are four separate distinct miracles in our dramatic story today. Two of them are spectacular and they are hard to miss. Namely, I mean the casting out of the fortune-telling spirit and then the earthquake that shakes the jailhouse open. And then there are two more subtle miracles. And here I'm thinking about the singing in the darkness and then the newfound belief of the jailer. And I'd like to consider each of these briefly. Now, as a Presbyterian, sermons usually have just three points, but you get an extra one today. Our story begins with Paul and his companion Silas arriving in Philippi. They travel about the city, a fortune-telling woman begins to follow them. Now we're told that she is possessed by a spirit which enables her to foresee the future, and she can see the truth about the spiritual reality in the present. Now some translations of the Bible read that the spirit of divination is an evil spirit, It might mean that she had some kind of mental illness, but she notices the newcomers to town, and she starts to trail Paul, shouting continually in this loud voice, These men, they're servants of the Most High God. They proclaim to you a way of salvation. Here she is most certainly telling and declaring the truth. Now, throughout Scripture, it is most often that what are seen as evil spirits do see the truth of a spiritual situation before the church people can. This woman shouts what is true. These men are from God. But even the truth can become wearisome if it's repeatedly said in a very loud voice. And Paul loses his temper and he heals her. Here's the first miracle. Now, the miracle isn't that Paul lost his temper. He did that an awful lot. It's the casting out of the spirit. It's the curing of her condition. There's the miracle. 
she needed help, she needed something, and it arrived in an instant. It's a miracle, but it's not a welcome one for some. Paul and Silas were jailed for denying the slave owners their revenue once the spirit was driven from the woman. She didn't work in the way that she did before. The ones who brought the charges against Paul and Silas said, look, here are some foreigners. And they were infuriated because they had had a good thing. Their source of income was now taken from them. They could exploit her no longer. The authorities in the marketplace found it most expedient to comply with the businessman's wishes and so had Paul and Silas flogged and jailed. How far do we have to look to see signs of businesses or business people wanting to keep others oppressed for profit? I fear we don't have to look far at all. The girl's owners have Paul and Silas arrested, beaten, and thrown into the deepest, darkest dungeon. The darkness was doubtless more than physical. It must have been spiritual and psychological, but here in the darkness, another moment of miracle is Paul and Silas don't sit in solemn silence. They don't despair in the dank darkness. What they do is begin to sing hymns of praise to God. There's the second miracle, the songs arising in the darkness. Paul and friends are in the slammer. They, however, do not despair. Rather, they choose to sing praises while they're in prison, not knowing what's going to come next. This is one of the quiet miracles in the story. In the darkest and the innermost cell, of this jailhouse. Here they are making music to God. They act and they rely on their faith. They share their beliefs. For them, the only way to face such a situation is in this way, and to rely on and to act on their beliefs. If there ever was a time you're in the clutch and it's got a can't, here it is. This wasn't a time for them to find their faith or to learn it. This was a time for them to live it as they faced these dark hours, living their faith, sharing the good news. That was their way of being ready for whatever would come their way. These songs in the darkness may be the most marvelous of all the miracles in the story, precisely because this kind of miracle is so common. It is a miracle that is repeated every day. We know people who, when put to the test, find their faith is right there and ready to help and see them through. Paul and Silas are in prison and they sing. I don't know if the other prisoners were annoyed or entertained with their song. They just wanted to keep doing what they came to Europe to do, to sing, to share the faith and the good news about God's love. And so they sing. But they sang songs of faith, and then came an earthquake. Talk about bringing down the house. The jail is shook, and such that the chains of all the prisoners fall off. 
and the bars break apart, suddenly everything changes in an instant. The jailer's first response to this quake comes from his Roman mindset. He'd been trained, he'd been raised in a certain way of doing things. He's the guard, and he needed to guard these prisoners with his life. If anything should happen to them, he understood it would be his head. So he sees the jail house open, the block you know, has been released, and he realizes that he's got to offer to kill himself for this failure of his duty, even though it'd be far beyond his ability to control. So that's his first line of thought. He assumed that any prisoner, given the chance to run free, of course would do so. But then here comes Paul's voice and Silas, his prisoners calling out saying they're still there. How could this be? Was it true? Paul says, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And in that instant, the guard's life changes right then and there. He begins to make sense of what Paul had been preaching about. He realizes what he had been singing about. This God of theirs was indeed Lord of all with the power to save and protect. He sees that the God that they have been singing about was able to make a real difference in life. And he asks what's asked again and again in Scripture, what must I do to be saved, to find wholeness? The answer comes most straightforwardly and unadornedly. Believe in the Lord. It was true in Paul's day, and it's true in ours as well. What do we do when the ground stops shaking? For Paul and Silas, it was continuing what they had always done, to tell the good news. Now the jailer rushed. He rushed in, and he saw these open doors hanging there, and the chains broken, and he draws his sword to kill himself, but Paul does shout and says, don't do it. Stop. Change your ways. Do something else. And here it is. That's the miracle. The fourth one, the jailer believed. The jailer in that moment when he could have ended it all for himself, he dares to believe and to continue to listen. It may have been something with you know, the songs that Paul and Silas were singing for the hours before. Who knows what it was that suddenly turned and changed for the jailer, but he began to believe, and we don't know why people begin to believe. We do know why people come into a faith community for the first time. The overwhelming majority, well over 80%, 90%, the reason why people come to attend a, a worship service is because somebody asked them. We don't know how it is that we find the courage to extend the invitation to a friend, a family neighbor, maybe somebody at work. Would you like to go with me to worship? But the best witness that we can offer, I think, is with our lives, that, you know, that we show people that our faith matters and others respond and want to learn more or they want to hear more about it. 
perhaps there's no sermon as powerful as a song that's sung in the darkness. Can we reflect or amplify faith, especially in those times for us that are trying or difficult or dark? Can we sing songs in the darkness and maybe somebody will hear us and maybe some will come to believe? When the earth shakes, and that happens for all of us in so many different ways, could be the loss of a significant relationship, could be the arrival of test results in the doctor's office, could be news of downsizing and redundancy, could be when airplanes fall out of the sky or when the earth seems to shake for us in one way or another. Then we too are faced with the question, what are we going to do? How are we going to respond? Paul and Silas, they stay in the difficult place, not running when they were given the chance. They remain with God, knowing that God's there, where the chains had once held them captive in the very same place. God's going to come to them and bring freedom and hope and use them to be an inspiration for others by their visible commitment. They could have run, and nobody would have said a thing. But rather, they stayed in place, and everybody is talking about it still. The jailer realized that his set of rules don't make sense in the world which Paul saw. And so the jailer asks about it, and the mission is alive and well and underway once again. You and I have that same invitation to join in and to share. May it be so for you and for me, now and always. Amen. So that's all for today. I hope you've caught a glimpse of grace through this time. You're invited to join us for worship and fellowship Sundays at 10 a.m. at New Plymouth Methodist Church, the corner of Weardit and Powderham Street. Until next week, God's grace and peace be with you. 
This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com.